0: Welcome to the industry show. I'm your host, Nitin Bajaj, And joining me today is Raghu Bala. Raghu, welcome on the show. Thanks for having me, Nitin. Pleasure is all ours. So let's start with who is Raghu?
1: Uh, I'd like to think of myself as a very simple guy from Singapore who um, follows technology and became a serial entrepreneur
0: by accident. Short and sweet. So now that we know a little about you, let's play a little game where we talk about certain themes that impact us as a community, and uh, would love your responses in one word: underrated or overrated. Nothing serious, you know, <laughs> just a game, right? So when you're ready, we'll get started with it. Go for it. All right, let's start with stock market prices. Um... Overrated. Inflation? Uh, I think it's about even right now. <laughs> okay. I'll allow you one cheating, but that's fine. <laughs> what about uh, crypto? Crypto is probably underrated. Okay. NFT?
1: NFT overrated. Okay. Uh,
0: the great resignation. Uh, overrated. Okay. Uh, What about real estate prices? Um, I'd say overrated as well. Okay. Uh, The metaverse? Underrated. Okay. Uh, What about startup valuations? Uh, Overrated. All right. That was fun. Thanks for playing along, Raghu. I really appreciate it. Now let's talk about something that's uh, more closer to you. Sure. Tell us what is NetObjects objects and you know the the size and scale, the mission, and who's your ideal customer
1: so basically if you look at uh, technology uh, as a kind of a on a big landscape you've had the gig economy sharing economy now you're having the creator economy the nFts and so on. We are a company for the machine economy, mm-hmm. so we started to build this platform um and that serves basically automating processes. Uh, so, we're taking different classes of assets like uh, digital assets, physical assets, and what we call dynamic assets, water, carbon credits, and so on, and tokenizing them, and then enabling uh, fractional ownership and uh, creating liquidity. So, basically, every class of asset becomes a fintech asset at the end of the day. So, that's what our platform does. We're about 70 people. Wow. And uh, we raised about a $4 million seed capital a couple years ago. Right now, we're in the process of a big transaction that's going on. I, I
0: can't disclose all the details, but,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but some news to come in the, in the coming weeks.
1: A lot of excitement around it.
0: And it seems like you're you're kind of in the, the next phase. As people are getting on to Web 3.0, you, you're almost kind of uh, setting stage for the next set of uh, evolution. And... Uh, Innovation that's about to happen, so that's that's really exciting. What's the? You talked about certain numbers, fundraising, and such. If you were to talk about impact or the number of uh, businesses or companies you work or you know you, you're potentially looking to work with, what? How would you quantify that?
1: I mean, our technology is kind of a horizontal platform. It's kind of a, a sort of domain agnostic, but there are three areas that we focus on. Mm -hmm. media, supply chain, and uh,
0: smart cities. So Mm -hmm. our customers fall within those categories typically. Got it. it. And uh, this is something that's almost kind of in the future, you're trying to bring the future to the present. Mm -hmm. So why do this and why do it now?
1: So actually the problem with technology is you cannot build the technology at the time when it's needed. So a lot Mm -hmm. of technology companies tend to build it ahead of the curve. But in order to sustain during those kind of dry spells, you need funding. Mm -hmm. So you go out and raise VC funding with some VCs who have got the foresight to see that where the economy is going and so that you just have to wait out the period when the timing is right. Of course, you cannot be too far ahead of the curve then you're going to be really suffering for a long time. But then I'll just quickly mention this like DocuSign, which is very, very Mm -hmm. popular these days. The company was founded in two thousand three. They went through a very long dry spell, and then when COVID hit, everyone stopped, stopped doing wet signatures and everything in DocuSign. So the liftoff can be very far in the future sometimes. So you know, you never know.
0: So true. You know, when it comes to the work you're doing with NetObjects, what's the biggest challenge you're facing?
1: Um, as far as us, uh, you know, I think we started off as a IoT. AI and blockchain platform that does uh, what we call it, cognitive automation. But during uh, the COVID period, when everything shut down at like this, um, one of the difficulties was actually getting things done in the field, so to speak, mm-hmm. with the IoT side of things. Because no one wanted to go out, and so you know, implementing any sort of field-level processes were difficult. But then we shifted our model and moved more on the cloud side of things and moved towards uh, blockchain and other things that sustained us and that's where we are mostly concentrating these days
0: good like a good startup making pivots as a pivot
1: right? pivot according to what the industry is telling you
0: <laughs> true true so on the flip side you know having made this uh, pivot and uh, catering to the available opportunities what's the most exciting opportunity you're targeting right now
1: uh, right now, what we are working on is the next generation um, wallet technology. Okay. And so if you look at the crypto industry, the wallets are pretty hard to use for average person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are targeting the next generation wallet that, that will bring about, if you look at the sort of like um, uh, Jeffrey Moore's crossing the chasm, mm-hmm. the early adopters, and now you have the mass market. Yes, we're building something that would be adopted by the mass market—that I think is exciting.
0: And I think the market is ready for something like that. The there is even within the early adopt—there is a you know the the true early adopters, and then the b- before the fast early ball majority ball. comes in, there is a fast followers. Yeah, yes, so I think we're in that space right now. So yes, exciting times. <laughs> as you look back in the rear view mirror and, you know, you've had multiple startups, multiple exits, what's one, one time that, you know, things did not work out as you had planned, but also on the other side, we would love to hear from you an example of when things did work out and, you know, allow you to brag a little bit, which you don't do much of, but I would love for you to do that.
1: Sure. So I I, I mean, for the listeners, I'll say I've had more failures than success. And I think I'm, you know, honest in saying that the issue is um, with, uh, you know, I had a, I was part of a startup early on in my career, mm-hmm. in my 20s, and um, I uh, joined some people as a co-founder. But the problem with startups and any sort of business is whenever you have partners, and, and I, had, I learned very early on, and I read some books and other things, partnerships are, are very difficult and having teams are very difficult so I've had kind of uh, actually very early on my first couple of startups I had I was a a partner with someone else and and both those times I learned a lot about them and I learned a lot about myself and people grow at different levels and uh, and also you have all kinds of you know not without going into details, but you know you can get a lot of risk and a lot of it can get very ugly actually. And um, later on, my startups actually, I just founded and I was the sole founder. So, if any problems, I just look in the mirror and uh, <laughs> I'm the only one to blame. But but it's harder to go solo, but you know you have to have a lot of experience. I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. When you're early on, probably you want partnerships, but you have to select your partners very carefully. That can get dicey a little bit. So.
0: Agreed. I think, you know, another way to look at it is you really need to know you right and what exactly. works for you and that that itself can be a journey and we need to be cognizant of that as we are working through a lot of these different dynamics
1: i'm uh, that's so well put uh, Nitin, because i think that discovery um even as late as last week i was just talking to my wife casually and i said uh, you know, I literally said, I'm learning more about myself. And, you know, I've been at it for a long time. Yes. But even there are certain aspects of myself and how I react to different situations. I, you know, even you, you can't come to put it in words, like who you are. And, and that's so hard. And so, you know, let alone partnering with others. And then, and then you know, then you get these uh, kind of, uh, kind of uh, uh you know rough edges here and there and then you know instead of blaming the other person sometimes you have to look at yourself as well so it's so so true so knowing yourself is is a paramount before you can do anything else with anyone else
0: <laughs> now what what about that success story i need I you to I brag mean, a little bit
1: I, mean, I've had, I have had a lot of successes some are in the business world some Yes. Some, uh, you know, I'll just show you. I, I'm pretty proud of this. Uh, there's a book that is coming out that I'm working with a Professor at USC and University of Florida and Miami, and uh, and uh, University of Massachusetts. So Springer Verlag just uh, uh, accepted our manuscript. So awesome. I wrote a book on asset tokenization in a book mm-hmm. called Handbook on Blockchain. It's coming out later this year. So I'm pretty proud of it because it's a you know, when you put your work out there and it's, uh, you know, published by someone which is a big publishing house, it's, it's, it's nice to have. It's just, you know, um, you feel good about yourself. So, so I like, you know, so it doesn't need to be financial success necessarily. You true. Know,
0: so. Very true. And congratulations. Looking Thank forward you. to reading the book. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Now, let's switch gears and, and come to my favorite part of the show, which is the one-line life lessons. These are lessons, not necessarily quotes. And uh, you know, I find them to be very simple, but often life-changing. And I would love to hear your one-line life lessons. I wrote down
1: some cheat sheets for myself, so I'm just going sure. you know, to peer over to that once in a while. But first sure. one is I'd say, and this people would have heard, it's not how many times you fall, but how many times you get up. And that's actually true with my latest startup in NetObjects. I'll be honest. I I could have personally gone bankrupt a dozen times during this process. Mm -hmm. I mortgaged my house. I took a lot of loans. You know, took short-term revenue-based finance. I did everything under the sun to keep the company afloat and things like that. So, so but I got up each time, and each time I was able to overcome whatever adversity. So that's I think you need to be like uh, really, really strong as an entrepreneur. That's lesson one. The second one is um, compartmentalize your life. So, you know, a lot of times as an entrepreneur, you have your personal life and you're a father, you're a husband, you are a boss and you have your own inner feelings and your friends and everything. And, you know, I think I personally don't believe that you should let one affect the other. You should Mm -hmm. kind of compartmentalize. And i when I was growing up, you know, my family was well-to-do at one point, but my father went through a lot of difficulties at a particular juncture. At the same time, I had to compartmentalize because it's the equivalent of the 12th twelfth grade, you know, like in uh, yeah. you know, almost like high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that year is when things went south for us as a family. And I had to like keep that side out of my head and focus. And I ended up being you know, one of uh, Singapore's uh, top uh president scholar nominees that year wow. despite all of the other stuff that is going on at home so so i always have learned very from early on you have compartmentalize if we let it bleed over then one problem will cause others to go bad. you don't want that so that's one thing the third thing i'd say is uh, don't sweat the small stuff there's in a book called don't Sweat the small stuff but yes. actually it, it's true and what i another way to say it is 80 20. you know look at the big yeah. picture don't worry about all the, you know, everything has got warts and pimples and whatever. It's not going to be perfect. Just have to go with the flow and and and, and, and sometimes don't worry about things. It'll be okay in the long run. True. Sometimes, I've noticed many times the fear itself is worse than the actual thing. Yes. Yes. The yes. next one I'd say is, you know, this is maybe someone, some people will say this contradictory to what I said, don't set the small stuff, but you actually have to be detail oriented at the same time so while when i say don't set the small stuff don't hold grudges with people or don't you know look at the big picture there but you when you run a business i find that some entrepreneurs tell me you know i don't know anything about numbers like you need to know numbers you need to know marketing you need to know engineering you need to know sales you need to know everything at least at some level because otherwise the people who work for you or work with you and so on they won't be able to you know either trust your judgment or anything like that if you yourself are not well healed in some level at, at this end so you need to know the details so,
0: and, and to add to that Rogo, i 100% agree with it it's it's also a matter of respect right how exactly how do exactly. you how do you get your team to respect you if you don't even you show them you don't care about those things exactly so that's very important and the last one is i'd say
1: is a kind of a three part one which is um uh, mm-hmm. be humble I think if you're not humble, you stop learning. You know, you just think, I know everything. No, you don't know everything. You have to be humble. And uh, you have to be brave. You have to be brave. Because, you know, a lot of times, your challenge, life challenges you, you've got to just get through it and uh, not be afraid. And the third part of it is uh, don't be insecure. And I think insecurity is one of the, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a thing I read somewhere. They say, be insecure but be very little insecure like 10% insecure 90% you're very confident about yourself but insecurity 10% is okay because it'll keep you on your toes but once that takes over your, your your persona that can be a very destructive thing so so be humble be brave but you know be don't don't be insecure but you know a little bit is okay because we have to keep learning and all that that's okay so those are my sort of like you know I put it down because I wrote it down because I've been through all of this. I, I kind of lived
0: this list actually. Yes. Thanks, Raghu, for sharing. And for our audience, you'll be able to find Raghu's Online Life Lessons, but also an entire collection on OnlineLifeLessons.com. Raghu, thank you once again for making the time to be with us, to share your journey with us. We really appreciate it. And congratulations to you for the upcoming book and for the upcoming exciting news that hopefully we'll be able to share with our audience pretty soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you you so much.